0: podcast with Pastor Rick Hale, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm your co-host Sean Lee. We're so honored that you join us today. It is our purpose at Living Your Dash to help you better connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Maybe you've heard the phrase, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Now what that implies is that you've come to a firm conclusion on what your values, convictions, and beliefs are. And it's important to remember the difference. Beliefs are something that you hold to, but convictions are the things that hold you. So, in today's Living Your Dash podcast, Rick discusses the bedrock of our convictions, our worldview. Now, join us as we discuss the implications of giving God his rightful place of defining our worldview. And don't forget to check out the numerous online and on-demand teaching and discipleship opportunities, as well as get the latest information about Grace Community Church by going to our webpage at roswellgrace.com. Now, let's join Sean and Rick in this week's podcast. Well, Rick Hale, it's uh, great to be back with you, even though we are separated by a few miles, but we are able to meet together for Living Your Dash podcast. How, how, How have you been doing? Uh, recently with the challenges of self-quarantine?
1: Yeah, like everybody else, Sean, just making the adjustments. I really noticed it doing the grocery shopping the other day. <laughs> I'm very impressed that, that people are very sensitive, very respectful to maintain distance. Uh, probably half the people were wearing masks that particular day, and, and the other half, you know, we're not throwing rocks at them or making... <laughs> funny the way you know they were very respectful but i have been amazed at how quickly society has adjusted to the social distancing two words social distancing we had never heard of before two months ago you know or a month ago and now it's it's in the common vernacular so hanging in there i'm hanging in there like everybody else
0: it's a strange way of life and uh, of course with my my particular condition with chemo during chemotherapy is, is that my my uh, my ability to withstand diseases has been uh, suppressed, and so I have to be really careful. So it's weird to, to walk around anywhere in public with a mask on. I feel like, I, like I'm a bank robber or something. That's kind of-
1: I gotta tell you though, Sean, you have a, a super duper professional mask compared to my shop mask. Uh, I'm just a little bit envious. Uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm glad you're well protected, though.
0: Thanks. Hey, shout out to Lee White, my favorite U.S. Marshal, who uh, he and Jennifer Chichani were able to get me a a really nice mask. So I I appreciate that. Well, Rick, this past week, uh, you had a fantastic message drawing us all to live lives of courage uh, out of the book of Daniel. And wow, what a story. What a story. We could go on and on and on talking about, Uh, your message, but I I wanted to draw some, some particular conclusions with you today. Um, It almost sounded like it was an introduction to apologetics, which is the, the science or the study of giving a defense. That's what it means. It doesn't mean to be, to feel sorry for something, but to give a defense of something. Is that where you were kind of going at?
1: Yeah, uh, somewhat, but I, I would say apologetics might be, uh, a category that would fit under a larger umbrella that I would call worldview. And what I'm going to be taking people through in this five-week series called Courage, looking at five stories in the book of Daniel, is really the, the, the radical contrast between the two major worldviews, and that is a Christian worldview and a secular humanism view of the world. And it's, uh, it basically comes down to when I say worldview, it's how do we explain human existence? When you look around, how do you view things in the world? How do you view culture? Uh, how do you explain things? Think of it this way, Sean. It's like a photo uh, that he or she will put on their camera. It might be, might even be color. So think about, uh, they put a red, a red filter. Mm-hmm. On a lens or a green filter on a lens, well that lens will will a color they view goes through that lens. So how does a person view the world? How does a, a person view human existence? And it will be as radically different as a red and a green
0: lens on a camera. Fantastic, fantastic. As as I thought about our worldview. I mean, it almost sounds like, well, you know, I don't really think too much about worldview. So that means I really don't have a worldview and it doesn't matter. Right?
1: Uh, No, that's, what's interesting. Everybody has a lens. Mm -hmm. You cannot, you cannot go through life without a filter on your lens. And whether you know it or not, whether you're willing to admit it or explain it or not, you either view people and the world through, A, a biblical lens that says God created the world, God created people in His image, and and, and there is purpose and there is value to everything that God has created. Or, B, you have a secular humanistic worldview, and that is you, everything is an accidental result of a cosmic explosion. Uh, there is no God. There is no meaning. There's nothing before. There's nothing after. Uh, it's just a, a, this accident that that happened cosmically, and you will view life. You will value things through that lens. Those are the two lens that people in our culture view life and existence through.
0: Hmm. Yeah, everybody's got a worldview. It 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 all <laughs> depends upon the quality of that worldview. And as Jesus said, the things of this world are passing away, but my word remains forever. And I, I like to think of a, a a biblical worldview. Having a biblical worldview is uh, well, it, it's a, it's like a piece of paper. You you compared it to a lens, and I, I think of it as a piece of paper. And and discipleship is what happens when we give him the the right which he already has of course but we give him the right to say what we get to put down in terms of what we believe um and what we should believe uh things that are consistent with his word so okay so we're convinced that's that we... that's a
1: great way to look at it sean. you know like a piece of paper
0: yeah uh thanks <laughs> hey everybody i said something the boss liked.
1: okay and, and here's the deal sean everybody has a piece of paper right yeah. everybody has a worldview. It's what is written
0: on your paper. Mm. Okay. So you've convinced me that I need to have a, uh, have a, or I need to cultivate this biblical worldview worldview. So how do I do that? I mean, like, I've never really thought of this before and now I'm a little scared. I mean, what am I supposed to do? What if I make a mistake?
1: Yeah. You use the magic word, Sean, cultivate. And then when you come up, out of the waters of baptism, and you're a new born again Christian. Guess what? Your mind is not automatically renewed. You don't automatically change the filters on your lens. It, you have to nurture that, and it has to be developed. That's why the Apostle Paul says that you know we, we're renewed with our mind. We have mm. to, uh, and when we're renewed by the Word of God. The word of God renews our mind. So you have to spend time in scripture. I always like to point people to the gospels and I say, hey, you want to develop a worldview, a, a God centered worldview? Learn to view the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ. He was God in the flesh. If you want to have a God worldview, view the world through the life of Jesus. If you want to know why they were always after Jesus, and finally nailed him to a cross. It truly boils down to the fact that he, his worldview was in such radical conflict with theirs, they could not tolerate it, and they had to get rid of him. It was a worldview issue that nailed Christ to the cross.
0: Mm. Wow, that's powerful to think about. That, And, and I, I often think about how it's our... Um, we talk about the difference between convictions and um, uh, opinions but opinions you can fuss and fight over but it's convictions that you that you strongly believe in that those are the things that you die for um, yeah
1: and you have to decide what are those non-negotiables and as you as you work your way through the bible you will begin to see here are things that are matters of opinion, but here are the non-negotiables. These are the core values of a biblical, uh, you don't, you have to decide what are you willing to die for? And uh, the older you are in Christ, the the smaller and smaller that list becomes, Mm. but the deeper your conviction grows.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And of course we feel, we feel, we feel better about that. Uh, because what else is worth dying for than what's really, really worth living for? Okay, so. I'm sorry?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, no question there.
0: So, what are some other ways? Can you, what are some other ways that, that you can say, here's how to cultivate that worldview?
1: Yeah, another would be good, good Christ centered books. Uh, early on in my Christian walk, I got a hold of some great books that helped me develop a good Christian worldview and a world philosophy. Early, early on, a guy named Francis Schaefer wrote books, uh, How Should We Then Live, was his, one of his famous books. Uh, Chuck Colson, Charles Colson, wrote a book called Kingdoms and Conflict. The whole book is about these two kingdoms that are are and always will be in conflict. and And it's the Biblical Worldview, Secular, Humanistic Worldview. A, a more recent book that I really enjoyed, Adenish D'Souza, wrote a book a few years back called What's So Great About Christianity? And very readable, very enjoyable. So I would say for the person beginning to develop their worldview, go get a copy of What's So Great About Christianity. You know, another resource out there, Sean, I have not tapped into, but I have heard great things about it. Uh, Hillsdale College has uh, developed a lot of online courses. Some of these are free to the public. And it's Hillsdale College. Just, go, just Google Hillsdale College. Take a look at their free courses. But Hillsdale, I believe, is in America kind of setting the pace on helping people develop a good Christian worldview.
0: Mm. Mm. Do
1: you know any? Do you know any resources out there that you've stumbled on?
0: Yeah, you know, I think that that I was clued into this uh, I, in college. I wrote a book, or I read a book called "Know What You Believe" by Dr. Paul Little. Um, and I asked, uh, actually, one of one of our church members, Jay and, and Sue Bishop. They 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 talked about not only the same book by Charles Colson but and Francis Schaeffer, but also um, a book that I just picked up called. Total Truth by Nancy Piercy, who is a uh, a professor at uh, Houston Baptist uh, University, and um, it it really does uh, just as you brought this topic up, it made me think that wow, your worldview it it changes everything. It changes everything about well, why should I do this with my money? Why should I do this with my time? Uh, what type of entertainment am I going to going to look at or enjoy? Uh, this everything flows from our worldview
1: that's why i love the analogy of the camera and the the filter on the lens whatever color filter you put on colors everything you see
0: Mm. you know rick as i as i think back to the message um daniel and hanani and azariah and mishael the hebrew names not their not their bad babylonian names (laughs) yeah um but it made me think you know they were placed in a time that was really, really bad for them, but they were crucial, and they had crucial parts to play. Would you say that we have a crucial part to play in history right now?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, a a quote that I gave in the sermon, famous quote by C.S. Lewis, where he said, good philosophy must exist if for no other reason, because bad philosophy needs to be answered. Hmm. Sean, that is true at any given time in history. Going to be bad teaching, bad philosophy, error. And that has to be answered in every generation, including ours.
0: Hmm. You know, I I think that that right now we can moan and groan about, you know, how our economy is taking a dive and people are dying from a terrible disease. And, and, and everything is, is shut, shuttered down, and, you know, they are kind of bad and depressing, but it also shows to me, Christians, we can be a tremendous light, and uh, we can bring uh, a focus upon God like at no other time.
1: Absolutely, and, and the temptation anytime something like this happens is we look around at the world, and we say, well, it's gone to hell in a handbasket, and you know, coronavirus disease. Let's just run to the hills and build a Christian commune and dress in (laughs) white robes and wait for Jesus to return. And Jesus would say, no, 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 don't run for the hills, run toward culture. Mm. But you run toward culture with truth, with a biblical worldview. Sean, coming out of this coronavirus, Christians will have a great opportunity to speak truth because people will be saying, well, if there really is a God, why did he allow this to happen? Or why did he cause this to happen? Why are so many people dying? Well, as a Christian, you can't have a big question mark on your forehead at that moment. We need to be able to say, listen, here is the biblical explanation for suffering in the world. And we don't have time to talk about that right now, but Christian... You need to start doing a little research and mm-hmm. developing what is your answer to suffering in the world. That is a part of your biblical worldview.
0: Mm. It, it's almost funny, isn't it? How, uh, like all these these different quaint sayings, like uh, uh, like this is these all these reasons for suffering, how they, they seem to to really uh, take on grand new meaning uh, such as, um, you know, God is teaching me some of the greatest lessons in my life through through this suffering. And yeah. um, I know that that's true for me right now. It is, I'm learning the greatest lessons in my life and I'm, I'm so grateful for them. Um, well, you know,
1: great place. I would, I would point people to right now, go read the book of Job. Don't just <laughs> read it, but study it. And it, the whole book of Job uh, addresses the issue of, human suffering. Why is there human suffering? How should we react? How should we respond to human suffering? And from the book of Job, we can get some biblical worldview answers for our culture that basically is in the dark.
0: Rick, what would you say to somebody who's saying, you know, Pastor Rick, I, I want to become a better person after this. I want to be, I, I, I be more courageous what type of questions should I be asking myself?
1: Well, boy, that's a great question, Sean. Um, you know, I would say one thing you could do, I'm, I'm repeating myself, I'm repeating both of us, but, but really get into the Word of God. Yeah. Let Scripture renew your mind. But let it, let it renew your mind in very practical areas, like uh, how can I be a better father, mother, Uh, How can I be a better next door neighbor? What have I learned through this difficult crisis in our world that that I can learn positive lessons and become better, but better in specific areas from being a father, mother, a better parent, uh, a better church member, a better next door neighbor? Look at those practical areas and arenas of your life, and say, "What can I learn from this experience that will translate, so that I will go into those areas with a biblical worldview?"
0: Mm, yeah, you know, I, I saw actually on Facebook this morning about how you know a great a great barometer for our lives should be now that uh, we can see the end the light at the end of the tunnel through this coronavirus and we knew what happened what is it exactly that i am going to fill the time with that i didn't have before and um i think about the lord jesus christ when he said that we should hunger and thirst after righteousness and i hope that that for uh, for all of us that that that's what we want and i think that that that's something that the world needs to see i'm going to be changed because of this i'm going to hunger and thirst for something that the world says we should have, but I don't need, and I don't want it.
1: Great opportunity to hit the reset
0: button. Amen. All right. So, Rick, uh, tell us about some things that are coming up that we need to know about.
1: Well, I'm excited about week two of our series, Courage. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is in Daniel 3. We're going to look at the fiery furnace. And it's uh, in it, the sermon title is called courage to stand boldly. And we're going to watch Daniel's three friends take a bold stand for God. And I love their attitude. We're going to talk about it. This, whatever, uh, I'm going to serve God, whatever happens. It doesn't hmm. matter. Live or die. I'm going to serve God, whatever. How can we learn to take a bold stand in our secular humanistic culture and, and, and come out. Um, well, I don't want to give away everything in the sermon, <laughs> but come out of the fire not even smelling like smoke. How about Ooh-hoo. that for a tease?
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. That's the and burning another question.
1: Thing, another thing I'm excited about, Sean, is this Sunday evening in our church parking lot, we're hosting the Roswell Community Prayer Gathering. We've had several of these in the last year or so, mm-hmm. but we're hosting. Uh, in our well, normally it would be in our building, but because of the uh, crisis, we will be in the parking lot this Sunday night, 6:15, and different churches will be participating, and some other pastors in town, I believe, are going to be uh, praying over different areas uh, and just uh, gathering for prayer. And what a great opportunity! We're uh, honored that we're hosting it this particular quarter, 6:15. Uh, Uh, Grace Community Church, 935 West Mescalero. Anyone and everyone is invited. You come, just park. We're going to try to park in every other parking space to maintain social distancing. And we're going to have some music, uh, live music uh, uh, from a band. And uh, then different pastors, leaders will be leading us in prayer. So come be a part. We'd love to have you.
0: Fantastic. Well, Pastor Rick, thanks so much for joining me and with everybody who's listening, and we hope and pray that this has been a great blessing to everyone. Hey, we'd love to get some comments back from you, so let us know by uh, sending us an email at info at com. Rick, thanks so much for spending time with us today. My pleasure. Thanks again for being with us today. We hope that you have been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments at info at rosselgrace.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And do us a favor by sharing this podcast on your favorite social media platform. For more information about Grace Community Church, visit us online at rosselgrace.com. Until next time, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus be with you.